Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to another episode of Dude and a Monkey, as once again we take you to the outer reaches of the Dude and a Monkey universe, also known as the Damn You. It is a place where dudes are monkeys, monkeys are dudes, and Die Hard isn't considered a Christmas movie, it's considered a Friday night at 8pm in your favourite chair with four bottles of ale and a steak and onion sandwich movie. My name's Noel Meller, your host for the show, and that means only one thing. It means we are in Dude and a Monkey in a Mank mode to play it forward. And as ever, I am joined in this endeavour by... Matt Foster. Hello, everybody. And... Ian, the only person who thought the Florida project was a bit shit loring. (laughs) (laughs) All controversial opinions all the time. Like, literally, I couldn't find a single review on Letterboxd that was less than three stars, and I gave it 1.5. The thing is, is when you mentioned mentioned it as well, I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard it's, like, the best film ever. And then I noticed that you put it on Facebook, and other people whose opinions I actually value, and there's not many of those people out there, were saying, oh, no, actually, I thought it was really good. (laughs) So I was like, oh, maybe Ian is wrong. Dan was like, it's my second favourite film of the year. And considering yeah. some of the things I was saying about people who like the Florida Project or WhatsApp, yeah. it's like, Dan is not one of those people who <laughs> like it's yeah. So, I don't know, maybe maybe it caught me in a bad mood, I don't know, but I didn't find, apart from Willem Dafoe, I found no one watchable in that film, and I just wanted to call social services for the entire runtime. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, like, just, no. We'll t- I don't know. We'll talk about it some more on, on the regular show next week. Anyway. Okay, so if you don't know what Play It Forward is all about, uh, essentially, once in a while, I give these two a night off hosting duties. We all gift each other a movie that we think the other will enjoy for some reason, whilst also furnishing their iTunes collection with a shiny new bauble of some description in the process. And this time around, I have gifted Mark. Mark has gifted Ian, and Ian has gifted me. And so each giver will introduce their reasons for gifting the film before handing over to the receiver who offers his thoughts thereon. Um, before we crack on, is there anything that's happened in the world of film that you need need to get off your chest? No, I think it's been a relatively quiet kind of no week or so, hasn't it? The, the, no. I, don't, I don't think there's been any sex pests this week, which is which is strange for uh, us to go an entire week without someone being outed as being a bit of a touchy toucher. Um, so yeah. yeah, unwanted cuddle. No unwanted cuddles. No unwanted cuddles. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no massages. No um, plant pots defaced with um, executive semen. <laughs> I did notice that. Um, Apparently, House of Cards will continue, but with Robin Wright as the lead, which I think is, I wouldn't say it's great news because I'm a huge Kevin Spacey fan, but it's kind of the best news that you can have, I guess. Um, Yeah, so I guess Spacey's career is over. Yeah, it's not looking good, that, is it? (laughs) No. Okay, well, if there's no news, then go on. No, I was, I was just going to say I watched episode, I finished episode two of Mindhunter today and that show is very good and I enjoy watching it with my eyes. Mindhunter? Yes. Sorry, you cut out just for a second. Yes, yeah, it is yeah, yeah. a fine show. Mm. Oh, so you finished it then? 
Oh no, no. I've, I've wa- I watched episode two. I'm I'm a and oh, right. I'm I'm only just going down the path. Like it uh, takes me a long time well, to watch TV. Yeah, it does for me too. But I, you know, don't rush it because when it's gone, you'll be gutted. <laughs> so yeah. there's no rush. Don't binge it. It deserves better than that. That's what I'm doing with that. I'm doing it one every roughly every week at the moment i'm trying to do it i'm trying to do it kind of like that rather than just sort of like you say powering through it and then going that's that then yeah i I don't get that and i mean we've kind of touched on this before but it's even like you know um i mean like the the punisher um being on now i think i'm probably on maybe episode four of the punisher i think and it's like that show has been out for a couple of weeks and, and you know and I'm sure everybody else has smashed their way through it in in a day or so. But where's the fun in that? Like, you know, it's just just let it wash over you a little bit. Yeah, I I, I prefer to do that with with new with especially with new watches. It's, it's a little bit like you can end up. I think if you watch too much of it together, it, it just becomes it starts becoming an episodic, and it just becomes yeah. one thing. And and a lot of these shows aren't made to be watched like that. I think you just become a little bit numb to it as well. I mean, I always remember, I think, it, funnily enough, it was House of Cards, I think, season season three. It's one of the few times that I binged watched something. And I remember being pissed off with myself afterwards because I really like that show and I always have. But when the season ended, I was kind of like, well, I didn't really absorb any of it because I was just, I was just smashing through it and sort of, you know, getting up and going to the toilet and sort of leaving it on in the background and then making something to eat and just like picking up my phone. And I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't engaging and absorbing it. It was just like, it was just popcorn. I was just smashing it into my mouth and not really tasting anything. So, um, yeah, man, there's, just take your fucking time, man. Take your time. It's a very, uh, it's a very well-paced show as well. So I don't think it, I don't think you're going to get anything out of, smashing through it for the sake of it exactly yeah and well, season two has been greenlit so mm-hmm. um apparently season two was greenlit before season one was even out there but um so yeah netflix have obviously got confidence in it so that's good solid shit good stuff um okay well moving back on to playing it forward then um, as I say, I've gifted Mark, Mark's gifted Ian, and Ian has gifted me. So I'm going to throw it over to you, Mark, first. Um, yep. Would you like to take us through your choice for Ian and why? Uh, my choice was, was um, Unforgiven um, for Ian. Uh, the reason being um, is uh, I, I often sort of pick up with Ian um, when we're doing the show uh, and things like that, and I'll mention something that I've watched often sort of rewatches for me um, because me and Ian tend to watch a lot of the same new stuff because we're watching it for the show. Um, mm. So it'll be sort of rewatches that I, I've watched. And if, if he's saying, oh, I've never seen that, I'll kind of, I'll put that in a little bit of a bank in my brain and go, oh, okay, there's that. And if it's something that I think that he'd, he'd like or he'd find interesting, I'll go, right, well, there's, there's a thought for playing it forward. And then when the 4K uh, Apple TV came out. I thought, right, well, I've got to coincide that with this. It makes sense if I give something that Ian's going to get to enjoy in 4K um, and, and and have it there. So it kind of it shortened my remit quite nicely, which also is, is quite nice because it means that I haven't got a whole plethora of films to choose from. I've got this amount of films to choose from, and I looked at it and thought, Unforgiven. I'm sure Ian mentioned that he hadn't seen Unforgiven. <laughs> Asked him, and he was like, Yeah, and I just thought that it's it's kind of 
a lot of the times you get these perceived movies that are um, perceived kind of classics, and it, it, it's it's assumed that people have seen them. Well, everybody has. I don't think it's like a couple of these um, sort of blind spots. It just becomes a film where you go, well, yeah, I, I, I know that's that's great. Um, so I'll, I'll get to it at some point. And mm. you keep waiting to get to it and waiting to get to it. And the thing about Unforgiven is, is I've always thought it's, it's, it's a very, very, very good film. And it, you know, it is actually a, 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 a great film. But also, well, I do think that it's maybe, it's a harder sell of a film to, to come to unless you are a, uh, a a very big Westerners fan. Um, you know, it's it, it's straight away, first of all, it, it, it's for stuff, it's in excess of um, two hours long. It's also, it's got a reputation of being a very heavy-going movie, etc. And it's a little bit, I suppose, like, it, it's now like it was when I was... Um, sort of getting into westerns or getting into films in sort of like the early 90s it's what the wild bunch was then you know it's you, you're taking on something that is um is perceived to be fantastic and you go well what happens if i don't think it's fantastic do i really want to fucking cross that bridge and it's it's something that you always look at and go i'm gonna get to that i can always get to that and i think that sometimes a nudge to get to it can be quite nice so that's why I gifted it Ian Unforgiven. Plus, I thought, it's a Western. It's going to look fucking nice in 4K. Yeah, and it does, um, to be fair. Yeah. Um, the, the, the 4K really gets the kind of the graininess going on with it well as well. Um, so, yeah, I would very much recommend watching it in 4K. And I, I, I think you're right, Mark. It is um, a sense of I will get to it. And also, frankly, it's two hours, ten minutes long. Mm. And it's just like, I have to make an effort to be able to watch a film that's over two hours if it's not in the cinema these days. You know, like, I'm fucking tired a lot. (laughs) And so, you know, it's uh, trying to get yourself in that mind frame. So one of the things I appreciate about playing it forward is the fact that it kind of, I am like, it's not like, right, let's get this over with. It's, right, I need to get this watched. I'm going to dedicate the time to get this watched. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, I mean it's, it's a cracking film. I, it kind of, there were aspects of it that weirded me out. Like, the fact that you could look at Gene Hackman's character and just think... He's actually just kind of being a good sheriff. Like, mm. he doesn't want any guns in his town. And, yeah, he, you know, you, you could understand the provocation that leads Clint Eastwood to, like, the, the, his, like, final acts in the film. But I thought he was an interesting character, and... I, I think this is on purpose, in a way, more relatable to that, that than William Money. Um, I was very, very involved in his carpentry. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to see him make a success of that house, and I was kind of gutted that he didn't. Um, but I just, I really like that detail about it, that he's the big man around town that, even though he's fucking up his house, no one really has the heart to tell him and not even so much that they're afraid to but because they like they just kind of don't want him to be disappointed almost 
It's just like, yeah, you go and make your house. You shitted it, but good on you. Um, <laughs> and I, yeah, so I don't know. It's that like kind of little flavour there that I, um, I, I, I really quite enjoyed about it. And you know, I mean, like obviously the, 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 the kind of the whole thing with Unforgiven that it, it is basically like a revisionist western, and it's you know, it's Clint Eastwood is a like a alternate version of the man with no name who's like having to live with shit he's done in his past or something um but almost like an evil version of the man with no name um and i yeah i i i I don't know there was something about the film that didn't quite grab me as much as i thought it was going to but maybe it was because i didn't actually know an awful lot about it going in and it's got a very particular mood um and you know the whole like richard harris in it early on is you know he takes up quite a lot of screen time early on in the film but he's his character is almost there to show kind of how much of a weirdly complicated badass but also quite good sheriff but also a little bit malevolent gene hackman actually is and i yeah i i don't know i I think maybe I need to hear some other thoughts on it. I very, very, very much liked it, and I'm glad it's in my collection. I'm not... I just can't quite put my finger on why it's not a five-banger. Okay. Um, it's yeah. been... I remember being a huge fan of it, I lived with a huge um, Clint Eastwood and Western fan at the time, and so had seen it many times, but it's been a really long time. Um, so I don't know, my opinion on it hasn't changed, but that's because it's been a while since I've seen it. Uh, I didn't get time to, to rewatch it, unfortunately, before this, but I totally get what you're saying. It's not the mood of the film, is not one that you would automatically you know, if you hadn't seen it by this point, you're not going to go, um, oh, right, yeah, stick that on. So I, I need to watch that right now. So I think it's good to to have been gently pushed in that way. Um, but Mark, what, what's your sort of feelings on it then? Uh, well, Someone think, who's probably seen it more recent than I have. Um, I mean, because I, 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 it had been, it had been a number of years. So I watched it probably about 10 years since I'd watched it. And then I watched it um, last week. And it's very, the thing is, I think that you, I remembered it and I think maybe, um, maybe, I don't, I don't know whether this is uh, correct, but what might influence or feel a little bit off with it with Ian is it's actually, there's a bit more levity to it than you'd think and a bit more I don't want to say lightness but not it's not quite as dark and as heavy as you as you kind of expect to be or as I remember it being I I always remember it being quite an quite an oppressive movie and quite a quite a bleak movie and it only gets to that point towards the what's what essentially these badass fucking cowboys um, that were um that were so feared and that were had a notoriety to them. The ones that didn't fucking die, that weren't shot, 
or by law enforcement or weren't shot by themselves or etc then they descend into old age and being a cowboy in old age is one thing being an outlaw in, in old age is is a very different thing and the you know they're all going to have mellowed and the fact that he quite simply um simply says that he doesn't actually remember doing all of the things he did because the majority of the time it was just that he was he was drunk and that that kind of clouded his his judgment etc and then as it goes on it starts to be as you get towards the sort of finale you find that it's it's not that he's just kind of chosen to forget who he is and Mm. and i don't think it's an act it's just that it's it's his way of shutting down and not being who he is is by basically pushing against it but then the minute he can go into it he can go quite easily back into it it's just i think that he knows that once he's gone into it that he probably can't come back out of it again that his his wife was his redemption and that he has to battle to do that and the minute he gives up that battle that's it He's he goes back to being essentially to put it in a Western term to being a, a, a wicked man, whereas Morgan Freeman's um, character he's he can switch it on and off. Um, whereas you get the feel that there's more to it with um, with Eastwood's character. Um, and Gene Hackman's character, you're completely right. He is just he's not actually doing anything that fucking wrong he's he is kind of doing his job in, in what he's doing but he wasn't doing his job in what he was doing when he essentially let that he does let the that the ranchers off a little bit easy for what they've done and it's kind of he's he's made a a choice that he he doesn't even maybe agree with but he know he thinks it's what's best for the town, if that makes any sense at all. And it's mm. kind of then he's got a he's got to ensure that that's it. It can't become a place for these people to to go. He needs to keep an element of um, of purity to his town, otherwise somebody's going to come along that he can't deal with, and that and that's essentially what ends up happening. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I suppose it was just the fact that I don't know. I mean, maybe it says something more about me, but I just figured it was going to be like Eastwood versus Hackman, the great battle, and mm. it's not. You know, it's Eastwood. But I do th- it, sorry, go on. I, I, I do think though um, that that's um, that, that, that now going into it, uh, watching it twenty five years. Um, later I do think that that is how it's kind of built and, yeah, and the other yeah, thing no, to, take in, to take into account there is at the time um, Eastwood as a, as a director um, wasn't considered the level he is now you know he was considered a director who made a few kind of westerns uh, and a few other films but they were kind of like they were uh, essentially Tuesday night action movies <laughs> was the best way to describe them mm. um, and you know he'd had moderate success but never any real kind of critical success uh, as, a, as a as a director and then 
Unforgiven was kind of him going back to, you know, to Westerns for, I think, the first time since maybe the outlaw um, Josie Wales, which I think was his, you know, which was mid 70s. So it, it was a big kind of step and it was kind of like, well, Eastwood doing a fucking Western and it, it, it meant something. And, you know, now, you know, he's had a lot of success uh, and a lot of critical success uh, as a director. And, you know, he's had some, you know, missteps as a director, but I do think this was kind of like, holy fuck this, you know, he's not just a, a, a guy who can direct. He's a guy who can direct. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, 100% absolutely fair enough. And it, it does absolutely feel like his last word on them. You know, like it's it's not a surprise that you know even like westerns just haven't been that fashionable over the last couple of decades. But you kind of feel like even if they were, he probably wouldn't have done one because he said what he wanted to say with this. Um, and you know, I, I I thought it was interesting that he doesn't go out in a blaze of glory or anything like that. You know, it is just like essentially he just kind of becomes legend again, and he like takes up business arms instead of fighting arms you know and you've just got that that text at the end and um I, I, you know I, I, something quite haunting about that though that text saying that like the um his deceased wife's mother came to like visit but they were gone and she just forever wondered why her daughter married a known criminal mm. you know it's just like that weird kind of like i i i i, I don't know just a, a, a tale lost in the wind kind of thing. Like, you know, just this, I, I, there's this kind of melancholy about, about the whole thing really. But even that at the end, you know, I mean like the, the ending is in a way a happy ending, you know, he kind of avenges his friend and he gets out, but then you have that, that text at the end. And it, I, I don't know, it just, it, it kind of makes it more sorrowful. Um, well, well, Eastwood yeah. said about yeah. that, that it, he, he, he wanted to make it, clear that she was the most important character in the entire movie but you never see her yeah well yeah i mean that, that you, with the opening crawl and the, the end crawl and you know like just the she's always in his mind she is mm. forever in his mind throughout every single action that he takes in the film um i gotta ask though the the guy who plays the kid do yeah. I not recognise him from anything because he was so shit in this that no one ever cast him in anything ever again? <laughs> uh, he he is in... What else is he in? Uh, James Wolver, and he's probably not hired very often because of the stupid way he spells James. Dead Presidents. Oh, yeah. oh Dead Presidents. It's it, it, the other thing that I recognised him from. But it just... It's the most generic, I'm a kid and I'm hard as nails, but shit, I have to kill someone and now I'm scarred. You know, yeah. and uh, I mean, I, I get I get what the character is trying to say, but I, I don't know. He's either cocky or suffering from P, uh, PTSD. And it's like, it, I don't know, it's it's... It's one or the other throughout the entire fucking film. And when it's him acting with Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman for most of his scenes, you know, he he just he does not have a chance. 
he's very much out of his depth, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that that's it. I I don't know. I mean, maybe they thought he was a bit of an up and comer at the time. I don't know. I mean, like if Unforgiven was made five years ago, maybe Taylor Kitsch would be in that role, you know, or fucking one of the Hemsworths. It would, it would, it would, it would be, it would be nobody cares Hemsworth. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I think his first, I think his first name is not Thor. Yeah. There's there's nobody cares Hemsworth. There's not (laughs) Not Chris Hemsworth Hemsworth. and there's Chris Hemsworth. I thought they were just Mm. both called not Thor. (laughs) (laughs) Is that, that, have they been downgraded now? (laughs) Yeah. I think it's just when everybody talks about them, they go, you know that, you know that Hemsworth? Uh, which hands uh, not Thor ah yeah I know you mean <laughs> one of those other interchangeable ones that isn't Thor <laughs> the poor guys it's like being a Baldwin and not being Alec isn't it yeah like. they're all cunts though side note though I just checked because I was curious about when this falls in Gene Hackman's career mm. um because it feels like he retired a long time ago to me, but I mean, he retired kind of. His last film was 2004, but just looking at his career, he's one prolific motherfucker. Like, yeah. especially in the, I mean, throughout his career, really, but in the 1990s, around this, he did three films in 1990, two films in 91, he just did The Unforgiven on its own in 92, then 1993, two films, one film, 95, one, two, three films, 1996, one, two, three film, 1997, one film, 1998, three films, 2002 films, and then in 2001, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five films. And the thing is, as well, it, 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 he's not he's not got small roles in all those either. Not really, no. You know, it's they're quite big roles. And if you like, if you go through all of the films as well. These, there's not many, you know, I mean, there's not many you've not heard of. So, yeah. Unforgiven, The Firm, Wyatt Earp, Quick in the Dead, Crimson Tide, Get Shorty, The Birdcage, Extreme Measures, Absolute Power, Twilight. What? Oh, no. Something else. And, <laughs> and, and state, the Replacements, The Mexican, Heartbreakers, Heist, Royal Tenenbaums, Behind Enemy Lines, Runaway Jory, and Welcome to Mooseport. So, I mean, they're all... He's no fucking slouch, is he? I mean, Jesus. Apart from maybe Welcome to Mooseport, but I bet that's something you, leave that alone. you like. And I knew it would be something you like. <laughs> I, I, I own that on iTunes. Of course you do. Yep. Yes, you do. <laughs> I bought it for seven ninety nine. Don't Is Gene fucking dare ever give me that on this. Sorry. Welcome to Mooseport. <laughs> it's a I good film. <laughs> Don't you fucking dare. Yeah. It's, it's got Ray Romano in it. <laughs> I won't redeem the code, Mark. <laughs> just let it linger there. From the director of Miss Congeniality, to be fair. Yeah. Okay, fab. So that's so, unforgiven. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Ian, is it something that you would pay for or is it something that you would recommend to someone who hasn't seen it? Oh, fuck yeah, man. Um, I, yeah, though, no, I... Uh, yeah, I'm absolutely 100% recommend. It's it's really really good. It, it's I'm comfortable with my nine out of ten rating because it's really yeah. really good. It just it's not quite not quite there, not quite there. 
I bet that opening, that opening um, great scene looks fantastic in 4K, doesn't it? With his silhouette uh, yeah, at the yeah, top. Yeah, God, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely it does. Grand, so uh, if you've not watched it, watch it and watch it in 4K if you can, if you're one of those futuristic motherfuckers. Online, uh, <laughs> and Mark. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, moving on from Unforgiven from Ian. Ian, you picked for me this time around, so why don't we take that natural next step and you can talk us through your reasons for doing so. Uh, so I picked... Guy Ritchie's The Man From U.N.C.L.E. Now, basically, because I really like The Man From U.N.C.L.E., and I kind of want an excuse to watch it again. And I already owned it in 4K. And Noel likes his Ritchie, and I think, I thought he'd appreciate the humour, I thought he'd appreciate the style, I thought he'd appreciate the scene with Henry Cavill just chowing down while watching Army <laughs> Hammer out on that boat. Um, um, and, yeah, I I thought he would get into what this film was throwing out there. Uh, it came out two years ago. I think I've already watched it four times. Wow. Um, yeah, um I find it a very, very good just kick back and watch good-looking people look good and be classy and be quite funny. Um, and I just wanted to give Noel a good time because I think the previous one I gave him was the Greasy Strangler. So, you know, yeah. like I, I felt I owed him. So, Noel, did, 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 I pay, did it pay off? Well, we're in a similar situation to the Greasy Strangler here in some respects, in that okay. you've selected a film that's made me angry. Now, oh the reason I'm angry this time around is it's pretty clear we're not getting a sequel to this. Yeah. And there are a million other films out there that will get sequels that don't deserve one. And why am I not getting a sequel to The Man from yes. Uncle? Um, yeah, I, I, this is. It's a, I'm not familiar with the show, uh, with the TV show. Uh, the only thing I know about it is that Robert Vaughn was in it, and it was on TV a lot when I was a kid. But it always seemed kind of boring, so I had no idea about the the setup, the idea that it was, you know, uh, a CIA a CIA agent and a KGB agent uh, working together for the for the British government. So I had no idea that that was um, the direction necessarily that it was going. Um, so no familiarity with the show or the setup, really. Um, generally speaking, I'm not a fan of James Bond. I like spy movies. I like thrillers. I like action spy movies, action thrillers. I love all that type of thing. I've never been much of a James Bond fan, really. I've tried, but I'm just not really not that bothered. Um, and I think for me, this gets this gets a lot of things right that, that, that maybe a modern Bond film wouldn't. It remembers to have fun doing things. And I think the thing is, and Ian, you mentioned sort of Guy Ritchie. I do like Guy Ritchie, 
Guy Ritchie comes in for a lot of shit, and I've got no idea why. Like, I've really genuinely got no idea where, why it is that people, you know, uh, are down on him as a director. It makes no sense to me. Um, I think possibly people would level the style over substance accusation at him. Um, I think his films always look great. I think they always look really smoothly put together. I think they they do have a little bit of style uh in them but i don't necessarily see why that's such a bad thing i think we celebrate some directors for their um authorship and their style but then these other ones over here no we don't celebrate those because they used to go out with madonna like that yeah but that, 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 that's, that's it it literally mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. if you look at the the films of his uh, that are most derided it is literally the madonna years yeah and chiefly the one she was in yeah oh yeah of course yeah which i've never seen and i never will but um, uh, i have seen it it's not that bad it's not good it's not that bad i've seen a lot fucking worse mm. well it's kind of the thing is as well is it, it's kind of made me um it's, it's it's made me more interested in the potential for a sherlock holmes 3 i don't think that will necessarily happen maybe it will maybe it won't um it's made me want to get a move on and watch King Arthur because I didn't get to see that in cinemas um, and I will definitely watch that. And in terms of rewatch value, Ian, I totally get it. You could put this on any time and slip right into it. Um, yep. It's, it's, it's funny. It's, it's witty. It's, it's smart. You know, it's not, it's a, it's a smart spy movie. It's not, you know, um, it's not the singing detective, but it's not, it's not dumbed down. There is something happening there that you need to follow. Um, it's fun. It's got plenty of decent action sequences in. It opens with a really strong action sequence, uh, pretty much with the car chase. Um, and then the stuff around the track later on as well. Um, I think the thing that it wasn't that I was quite surprised about was, um, I think I thought it might have been slightly more of a, of a, not a parody, but sort of done a bit more tongue in cheek. Um, I think there are elements of particularly Henry Cavill's performance, which are uh, a little bit sort of gee whiz 1960s sort of period glee. Um, but I don't think it's such a bad thing. It feels kind of genuine. It feels kind of nice and it really suits his character. I think but it doesn't feel like it does, taking the piss. It's, yeah, it's, it seems like it's just because things come this easy to him. Yeah. He just can't take the piss because everything just comes quite easy to him. And it's easy to see in this, you know, this is kind of, this is a film where I can see what, I don't like putting myself in these shoes, but, you know, I can kind of see what Zack Snyder would see in an actor like this as a potential Superman. He is mm-hmm. effortlessly charming. He is... Uh, smart and he's witty, but he feels strong and he feels, you know, he's he's very present. Um, there's a smoothness to him, a kind of, you know, debonair air to him, if you like. But he also feels like he can handle himself and rough it up if he needs to. Um, and it's it's probably his best Superman performance yet, <laughs> even though he's in a slightly different suit. Um, and that's it, you know. He, the whole the whole package is a smooth, elegant package. Uh, and, and yes, parts of it look like they 
came straight out of GQ magazine, but I like the pictures in GQ magazine and I like looking at people who are effortlessly more stylish and more attractive than I'll ever be for a while. You know, it's, it's, it's absolute escapism. Um, and it's got genuine moments of, of glee in it as well. So I mentioned the, the opening chase sequence, Ian, the, the, uh, that sequence that you mentioned with the, where, um, Army, Harry, Army Hammer's character is like scooting around the bay um, and Henry Cavill has been thrown from the boat, swims to the shore and Army Hammer's being chased around in this intense speedboat chase um, by uh, the bad guys. And he's just quite like, uh, Henry Cavill's just climbed up into a truck and found a, a nice lunchbox with a bottle of wine and a nice sandwich, which he slowly puts together and just puts a napkin on and just puts the radio on. <laughs> He's just sat there while his bedlam's going on in the background. But he just, you sat there watching it and just after a few seconds, you kind of go, oh, I see what they're going to do here. Let's just sit and watch this for a bit. And you don't get, the joke doesn't get, the joke doesn't get tired. You just go, no, I'm just going to sit here and watch this for a bit. I'm all right with this. This can go on for as long as it needs to. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, it's just like it's oh. the fact that he's just like going around in a circle that I think yeah. is the funniest thing about it like it, like he can't even go anywhere uh, yeah. I don't know there's just something about that that tickles me and then it's like there's no show of emotion whatsoever it's like fuck it right I'm going to sort this out then and he just drives the van into the fucking <laughs> yeah. into the water it's just, I don't in know. the least elegant yeah, it's the least elegant rescue possible really just sort of clatters into it um, yeah there's, mo- there's moments of, you know, I, I, well, I had a look around online to see because I wasn't entirely sure what the, the feelings were about this. Uh, and a couple of reviews that I happened upon, uh, I mean, the Guardian review was very down on it and, and sort of said that there was, you know, absolutely no chemistry between the two leads. I could not agree more. Like they, they were, they both felt like, you know, two sides of, of, of sort of the same kind, but two very different sides. And I enjoyed watching them rub up against each other in the smallest way, whether it was, you know, whether it was uh, Henry Cavill's character realizing that Army Hammer's character had something, um, you know, had his eye on Alicia Vikander and sort of ribbing him a little bit gently for that and recognizing that, whether it's moments like that or it's just, you know, these two very different people having a sartorial disagreement about whether or not a Pierre Cardin belt's going to go with a certain oh, dress. I just, you're just like, amazing. really? All right. This is, this is fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it looks immaculate. Um, I, th- I, I do think that the, the two leads are very strong together. I think in the past, I've not seen Henry Cavill in much apart from in his Superman role. I've only really seen Army Hammer in the social network, I think. I've never been overly fond of either of them. I've always thought that outside of those roles, I would probably find them a bit drab uh, and that maybe they wouldn't have the presence to carry a film or lead a film. Um, but this this film proves that completely wrong. I think they're... They're both incredibly charismatic. Uh, I think they're sharp here as well. Sorry, Claire's just come to get another glass of Prosecco. Uh, yeah, so um, 
Yeah, and, and I think this is pr- completely flipped that around. I'd, I would gladly watch uh, this again. I'm sad that it kind of sets up that sequel. If, I think if you gave me a choice and you said you can have a Bond sequel, you can have a Born sequel, or you can have an Uncle sequel, I'd snatch the Uncle sequel uh, out of your hand like a steak and onion sandwich. Um, nice. Magnificent, yeah, and I, I like. I don't rewatch much. I've said that many times before. I don't rewatch films very often. I will definitely rewatch this. It's the type of film that I think if I have a bit of spare time over Christmas and I'm looking for something just to throw on, uh, even that soon, uh, I'd, I'd definitely rewatch it because it's just it's a nice film to spend time with. Um, yeah, happy to yeah, have I mean, it in the collection. I... I'm very, very pleased with this. Um, I mean, it. I remember the reviews that came out about it at the time. And, you know, yeah. like Mark and I were both a bit like, all right, well, let's see what this is about then. And then... Because well, I, 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 I hated the trailers, didn't I? I hated yeah. all of the what is it to it, but you really wanted to see it. And I was like, right, no, do you know what? No, just because I don't want to, what is it? You really want to see it. Let's watch it. And I, I loved it. Yeah. I think that's my fourth watch as well. Yeah, man. I mean, I think I, I people think sometimes get put off. Sorry, I was just going to say, I think people sometimes get put off by things like, you know, the cool music and the lines across the screen and the sort of split screen thing. Do it because, yeah, we've seen that a few times, but it feels nice and it's 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 smooth and it adds something. Don't just automatically write these things off. Well, the, the weird thing I think I think what's correct what you said about um, Guy Ritchie is. I think it's been easy to kind of forget that Guy Ritchie knows his fucking cinema, like really knows his cinema, and he's he, he's he's a he's a flashy director, and he's a he's he's a director who who has a lot of style, and and like you said, there's a lot of I think there's a lot of substance in this film as well. I think his style reflects it, and also I think weirdly I think that the inflections and the style elements that are uh, are kind of littered upon it are a, a, a fun but they're not the best parts of the movie um whereas often are oh, they're not the most um striking parts of the movie where you can you can sometimes um you can sometimes get um that from from certain directors like a lot of the time a lot of stylish moments are uh, the standout moments from edgar wright movies and that's not a bad thing but then with this, the, the 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 standout moments for me are the the bit in the, the bear, which is just fantastic. It, it was one of my scenes of of, of that year, and um, the the scene in it where uh, Alicia Vikander uh, tells Amy Hammond that she's going to drink the rest of the bottle of vodka, and is seen behind him dancing away wearing the oversized sunglasses. That's solid. It's just it's, yeah. it's, it's fantastic, and it's I think it was that moment where. Because at least we kind of did a lot this year in in 2015, where it was like, ah, right, she's not just a a, a pretty face; she's got her an actual quite amount of personality as well. That's quite fucking cool. <laughs> I mean, just just from the start, I mean that opening car. Well, I say car chase; it's car versus human. Um, yes. <laughs> And just the way that like Henry Cavill was like, it tore the back yes, of my it, car. It's it, the fact that he says he, he doesn't say he. He says it tore the back of my car. Yeah, it just like that is. And the thing is, though, you totally get what he means because it's just this 
hulking great army hammer just coming at him, like grabbing the back of the fucking car. I mean, you know, it's, I, I don't know, it's fantastic. And it's, like you say, a, I mean, uh, sorry, go on. There's a great line there where it, where it, say, where, where it says, says, what's he doing? He's like, he's trying to stop the car. <laughs> he's trying, no, he's trying to brake for the car. It's like, well, it's kind of working. But it's those yeah, moments I, as well where he sort of, he, he's, his delivery is not quite parody. It's just got a little bit of an edge, a little bit of an inflection to it that makes it feel a bit period. Just a little bit of a sort of, <laughs> sort of just, I can't, you know, he sounds like a, a character from a 60s TV show. And it's not over the top. It's just enough to give it that little style edge, I think. It, it does seem like what he's done is he's he's got pissed and started watching Bond movies and has ended up watching Archer um, as he's got more and more <laughs> drunk and gone, that works. That'll do. Yeah, but you get do. the feeling you get the feeling that if he, you know if he's got it turned up to let's say six, he'd only have to crank it up to a seven or an eight, and he'd be in, he'd be in sort of you know he'd be in parody territory, and it would mm. it would be too much. But he's just got the balance of it right, I think. And I mean, even even Army Hammer's character to a degree is kind of is very you know very like straight up sort of russian sort of thing so he's doing the same thing really but it's not overkill yeah no no, the great moment the great moment of his character is when he's doing that um when he's lining up that hand slap to the side of the guy's head oh yeah and he's like doing their hand on the other side yeah yeah yeah, forgot about right no i it, it and I mean, and also, I mean, like we haven't really talked about, well, we haven't at all talked about Elizabeth Debicki, who I think is a really, really oh, yeah. interesting villain here. Um, yeah. You know, like she looks great. Like the costume design in this film is incredible. Um, yeah. But she's got that snake-like like charm yeah she you, sort you of know, glides you, across the room doesn't she yeah, they've used yeah, they've like used that. her they've used her unusual physicality within the fact that she out of you know i think she's taller than um henry cavill and about the same size as army hammer um so they've used that quite well without overtly going look how tall she is for a woman <laughs> but but then i mean oh like, she's the She's Aisha got that. in uh, Guardians. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. The go- the golden woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, just like the the image of like Henry Cavill like collapsing down, and I love as well. Like she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I've you know, I've I've, I've been in this situation <laughs> before. You know, yeah. it's just you know, like, I mean that that's fantastic. Just how cool he exactly. plays that. Right, you drugged me. Yeah, it's like fair play. I mean, you you drugged me. I get it. I might as well make the best of this. I'm just going to lie here and then off I go. (laughs) Well, at least she went home with a clean pair of jogging bottoms, Ian. Anyway, back to the show. Yeah. (laughs) And nobody Um, will ever know. So, the man (laughs) from Uncle. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definite recommend. Definite recommend. Um, I will rewatch it again very soon. Strong. Mark, 
I know your feelings on it. Yeah, love it. Grand. Okay, so we move from Ian's gift to me uh, to, oh, my gift to uh, to Mark. So a little bit about the uh, choice behind this movie. What I like to do with Mark, because I know uh, a lot of the types of things that Mark likes, I try and find something within those try and find something within those areas and within those sort of uh, genres that maybe he's not seen. And it is an incredible challenge because uh, he's seen most of them. Now, one of those categories areas is um, the late 80s thriller or the late 80s, early 90s erotic thriller. Um, And in my head, um, Jagged Edge has always been a late 80s thriller um with a sort of kind of romantic edge to it um partially because it features glenn close but mainly because it's a film that i saw in the late 1980s on vhs and i was quite young at the time and it was it was one of those films that it was one of the first films that i saw and it felt like a real um grown-up film it was a film that had a story and it had stuff going on in there that required, you know, thought. And I don't know, it just felt like I, I remember seeing it back in probably about 88 on VHS and, and thinking, yeah, I've watched a proper grown ups film there. Um, but I also remember at the time it had a lot of good word around it. It was very much a it was very much a. Um, a word of mouth film, you know, it seemed to get recommended quite a lot. Um, it was nominated for an Oscar as well. And yet nobody ever really talks about it. Um, this was nominated for an Oscar. It was nominated for an Oscar. I don't know what Oscar. Let's have a look. Oh, for, uh, for Robert Lozier, best actor in a supporting role. Good man. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll get on to Robert Lozier, definitely. Um, but yeah, so it was also an opportunity for me to go back and rewatch it and kind of see if it held up. Uh, I was very keen to do that. Um, it's a film with a strong cast. It's got a good little pedigree on it. Um, and I figured my Mark would definitely get something out of it for those reasons. Um, so Jagged Edge, 1985. Mark, what do you think? Um, it was one where as, as soon as you kind of mentioned it, I, I had a quick look to sort of what I, I tend to do with these is I don't I don't want to look too much into them. I don't yeah. watch the trailers or anything like that because I, I think if I if I kind of look too much into them, I might find something where I go ah that's that's why. But with this, I kind of looked at read a little quick brief uh, thing of the synopsis on uh, IMDb, looked at the cast and went yep. Yeah, fucking yes i'm looking forward to that can't understand why i've never seen this movie which is a mid-80s courtroom thriller uh with jeff bridges it's written by joe westerhouse direct fuck's sake like yeah written by joe exactly by the director of uh, star wars episode six return of the jedi as well you yeah, so, yeah, so I, I was a little bit kind of like surprised with that. Right, all right, yeah, I, I can see, I can see why I, I should have seen this because looking back on it, I think I've actually seen all of all of his all of Joe other movies. 
Oh, fuck, I think I have, actually, yeah. Wow. I have terrible taste in movies. Um, so, yeah, I'm just looking at some of those films. Um, and Have you seen so Showgirls Pennies from Heaven? Pam? Have you seen Showgirls 2 Pennies from Heaven? Of course I've seen Showgirls 2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, I've actually... Like, uh, I, I actually quite like nowhere to run. Um, sorry, uh, I can help. Uh, so yeah, so I was I was very much sort of looking forward to this, um, and I, it's I I really enjoyed it. it it's a really um, it's it, it's a really solid kind of. I think I watched it on a um, on a, a Sunday night, and it's a really solid Sunday night movie to watch, in the sense that it's. Um, You've got to pay enough attention to it to not be able to just let it wash over you, uh, but you can kind of use it to kind of go right. I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm relaxing out of this week, and I'm, I, I'm kind of, I, I'm, I'm not going into next week too fucking tense. I've, I, I, it, it, it kind of flows over you, and you get involved in the story, and it's the film you can kind of get yourself a little bit kind of lost in, and I, I enjoyed that about it—the fact that you've got to be. You've got to be paying enough attention to it to um, to keep the story going, uh, and also it's it's back when Jeff Bridges was a, a proper leading man. Because I think we've we, we've you know post Lebowski, which was twenty fucking years ago, uh, which you know was only Lebowski was only twelve years after this, and Lebowski is now um, twenty years ago. Um, so it's it. Um, it, it, it you kind of, I think we all see um, now uh, that that's what Jeff Bridges is, and the fact that he's very much embraced that kind of really, blah, 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 blah. you know, where he's done the true grit voice for like his past 10 roles. Um, it's cool to go back and watch him when he was this quite kind of soft spoken and dashing guy and you can see how he could be the the charismatic guy that he is here where his uh, his chief um his chief skill that he's got is the fact that he is um he's, Slippery. he's very good yeah he's 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 very seductive you know he's, he's got very that, very sneaky he's got yes very very sneaky he's, he's you know he's got that got that charm to him uh, within that and i i like the fact that uh, i remember guys we're all spoilers all the time with this and we are all spoilers all the time on here aren't we oh yeah yeah because i'm gonna spoil the end of it um yeah. i like the fact that it's it, it's it ends and, and he is the person who he who you think he's going to be mm-hmm. it's not he's not a red herring he's not a mcguffin he is that guy and i think if yeah. this movie was made now it wouldn't be It'd be somebody yeah. else. It'd be Peter Coyote or something like that. They'd, they'd, they'd spin it round. Um, Did you get a touch of the De Palma about that ending? Yeah. There is, you know, there's, it's, it's a film that's very influenced by uh, when it was made. And, you know, it's, um, Glenn Close is, he's very good in it and it's, it's one of her early roles as well, you know. I think I think this was actually kind of like her breakout role and, and, and the role that kind of drew a lot of attention um, to her. And then obviously um, from this, you know, she did Fatal Attraction, which obviously got her an Academy Award uh, nomination. And you know, she went on from there. But it's 
it is the, the role, I suppose, that you could say made Glenn Close, and she's gone on to have a very uh, successful career since then. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, it's, it's one that I'll, I will, I could see myself absolutely rewatching again. Because I, unlike yourself, no, I, I rewatched quite a lot, um, and I'll definitely, definitely be rewatching this a lot. I, I enjoyed Robert Loggia's complete over-the-top <laughs> performance in the fact that. Um, in the space of one scene, he can go from um, from fucking chewing Glenn Close's character out to them being sympathetic to her, literally in the yeah. same sentence. <laughs> that uh, there's, he's got a couple of moments in this, and just generally speaking, I would love it if Robert Lozier just occasionally walked straight into my house and swore at me. Like he's yeah. just, <laughs> he just walks into your house and goes, "What the fuck's the matter with you?" <laughs> there's a moment there's a moment he got there's, there's one moment where he walks in and he's like what the fuck are you doing set in the dark you're playing with yourself <laughs> and then there's the moment at the end as well um i can't remember that i can't remember the line now but the line that he says to her where you think he's gonna like he puts his hand on her face and like it's a real sort of moment all this I'm crashing down and she's done it again she's put the wrong guy away and this the you know the, the the evil person has come after her and she's had to kill him and there's this moment where she's just absolutely distraught and robert Lozier comes in puts his her, his hand on her face and you think he's gonna sort of say you know you're okay everything's gonna be all right and he just goes like fuck it absolutely brilliant uh yeah Great. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. Um, yeah, I, I also I, I love the 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 genericness of um, the uh, tennis pro in the fact that he is such a generic eighties sleazeball. Oh, the 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 one the gigolo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's just so much of that, but yeah, I I, I really really enjoyed it. It's it's it's. It's exactly what I hoped it was going to be. Brilliant. It's nice to see Peter Coyote. He's not a. He's not a um, bloody hell, Lance. I just remembered Lance Henriksen's in this. Yes, Lance uh, Henriksen. Like Lance yeah, Henriksen plays a cop in it. <laughs> yeah, he does not come back either, does he? I don't think. No, nope. it's just that one. No, he doesn't. Wow. But yeah, um, Peter Coyote is a. Uh, an actor I'm not overly familiar with. Really, he's, he's been in a bunch of things, but only in. You know, not bit parts. I mean, probably most people would know him from ET. I guess as the, mm-hmm. the scientist guy. Um, you know, but he's not a bit. He's kind of a that guy guy. He's always kind of in the background, and he's in a film that I did for Adventures in VHS called Slayground, which is if 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 any of you are, anybody has actually read that book, um, is a film that I was a huge fan of, and I was kind of I've always been quite frustrated because it's not available anywhere. You can't get it. Um, and Peter, is that the one with Mel Smith? That is the one with Mel Smith. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's it's. Uh, I don't when when I did the book, it wasn't available on any other uh, format. I don't know if it's become available since then. Um, but it's a great film. It's a really it's a really odd. It's a really odd film. It's a it's a taut, tense kind of thriller. But then it sort of it shifts halfway through and just goes to a completely different place. And it's almost like two separate films, uh, but both featuring Peter Coyote. Um, 
and obviously the narrative carries across and the, the, the main sort of protagonist carries across, but they're just, there's a, a kind of a shift. Um, and it's nice to see him in, in something else now. Cause I always, when I see the name Peter Coyote, I immediately think of that film and that tragically underseen film. Um, and yeah, I don't know. This feels like a kind of tragically underseen film really. Cause I just, I, I've not heard anybody mention it. I, I think, I think the reason why um, it, it's probably not mentioned is it's, it's probably just got lost um, in that, in the the kind of the, the slew of what happened um, post this, where you had um, Fatal Attraction, and then you had um, Basic Instinct and Jade and th- films like this, all around that uh, that were that kind of that took the. Um, a lot of the things that this teetered around in terms of the uh, the thriller that then sort of morphed into the um, erotic thriller that we got around kind of like the late 80s and the early 90s. And it's kind of, they became more popular through notoriety rather than Jagged Edge didn't quite have that element to it that those movies had um, in the sense that they were often quite, sexually graphic, I suppose is the best way to, yeah. to do it. They, they placed a, a, a more emphasis on the eroticism to it as they did on the, the, the thriller element, whereas this is just a, a a thriller that happens to have those kind of inclinations. And let's say, had it been made four years later, it probably would have been a little bit more graphic. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that, that that's probably the reason why it's not quite... It's a forebearer for those movies in the sense yeah. that it's not quite kind of uh, actually moved on into that is what i would say the reason why it's not spoken about as much uh incidentally uh no i think slayer ground is actually available on dvd now oh is it oh good. yes it is uh it is oh, available on dvd that. prime uh 6.39 oh really it needs to be yeah i mean it's not on, it's definitely not on anything streaming because I've, I've not seen that for a while but yeah if anybody gets a chance to 6.99 six well six worth 49, yeah 6.49 it's well worth checking out uh, it's just a really interesting, tight little thriller with a, a, a kind of a wacky, a wacky killer in it, and, um, and and a great Peter Coyote performance, and even a a, a, a great Mel Smith performance. Because the second half of the films, well, the first half of the films set in the states, and then um, the main guy in it has to sort of escape, and he comes over to the UK. So this is what I'm saying about it feeling like two separate films, and he sort of meets mm-hmm. up with Mel Smith, who uh, ha- who owns an abandoned fairground and that sort of sets you up for the, the last act where the, the killer ends up in the fairground it's got um, a really but, nice DVD cover oh yeah the cover's great I've still got that I've, I'll never get rid of that tape I mean I probably can now because it's out on DVD but I, I thought that I'd never get rid of that tape because I didn't think I'd ever be able to watch it again but um, yeah um, when you meet Mel Smith in that film as well uh, he's rubbing up against some sort of Cockney gangsters, and it's like a coxy gag, a cox, a coxy, sorry, a Cockney gangster with a jag, um, who sort of pulls up and says to him, "Do you know who I am?" And he says something like, "Yeah, yeah, I know who you are. You're an old man with a car and a dog. Now fuck off." Uh, <laughs> he's great. So um, yeah, go check that out. But what I was saying about what I was saying about Jagged Edge, Mark, is. I think of it as a late, I've always thought of it as a late 80s erotic thriller, mm. just because that's how I remember it. 
So I think you're absolutely right. It's probably lumped in with a lot of things that it probably isn't. When you actually sit down and watch it, it's not that erotic. It's a romantic thriller to a degree, of course, because that ties into the plot and it ties into her perception of him. Um, but from the outset, it's very clear that it's, you know, you, you just look at it very and very quickly. It's clear that it wasn't made in the late 1980s. It's very clear it was made in the early 1980s. The look of it is a little bit closer to the 70s than it is to the 90s. So, um, but I can totally see why it would get sort of lumped into to all those, uh, lumped in with a bunch of other things. One thing I did notice as well, bit of a random point, um, young Jeff Bridges looks a little bit like he, and I've never noticed this before, um, young Jeff Bridges looks a little bit like he had a moustache and it's been badly CG'd out. <laughs> it does a little bit, yeah. I can see that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. He does, like, like, like you look at it going, there's something missing from your face here. <laughs> maybe they should have seen, maybe they should re-release it with a CG'd stash in. Excellent. So um, I'm saying I, I would still fucking pay good money to see the the, the cut with the moustache in. The jagged edge cut with the moustache. Any, any cut. Just <laughs> there should be a whole series of movies where people have just had moustaches put on them Stash or cuts. facial hair taken off them. Yeah. 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 I want to. I want to see a beard. For I want to see a a beard free Jeff Bridges in um, in Iron Man. <laughs> Because I want to see the full lip smack. Yeah. I want to see that whole lip smacking. Yeah, fuck. Oops, sorry. Okay, um, so um, is that, that on Jagged Edge, Ian? Have you got anything? Yeah, to I'd absolutely play it forward. Stuff. Yeah, I, um, just, to, just to say I really enjoyed it. It, kind of, it did actually kind of keep me guessing. Um, you know, they, they do kind of introduce a red herring with um, old uh, tennis pro guy. Um, but... I, I don't know. Like I was kind of I, even right because I mean it really, really does keep you going because when she's like killed the intruder and then you hear someone coming up the stairs, even then I was mm. like, shit, is that going to be Jeff Bridges? Uh, you know, it, That's so it. it really it, it does keep you going. But that ending is like you said earlier on. It is. It feels like something that could have been in Dress to Kill. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised that the rest of the film isn't that, because going in, I kind of thought it, it was going to be. Um, I mean, shit, what's the fucking, oh my God, the part, body double. Like, I kind of thought it was yes. going to be a bit body double-y. Yeah. Um, but it's not. It, it's um, <laughs> No. The majority yeah, of it, it is the sort of tight courtroom stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, it, that, that shit really does keep, it does keep you guessing. Um, even though, you know, in the end of the day, all the men are right and he was the wrong one and it was her feelings clowning her judgment. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is a, is an interesting um, yeah. thing there. I mean, yes, she does kill him. But, yeah, okay. It's also um, the second time she's kind of fucked up, really, as well, which is... I mean, she didn't fuck up last time. Hmm. 
necessarily. She haunted her. So what drags her back is, you know, she wants to vindicate herself to a degree. She's had uh, Peter Coyote's character sort of like, you know, front in front of her and sort of rub her face in it and she wants to shut him up. But she fucks up again because, like you say, she lets her feelings cloud her judgment. So, yeah, I don't think you would get that. You would not get that in in a, in a modern day interpretation of this film. No, no. right, no, no, ex- exactly that. Um, and it does. But it is. Sorry, I was just going to say it is really worth it for that reveal, though. Mm-hmm. Like the the typewriter reveal, I think is magnificent like i love yeah. that moment yeah with like the fucked yeah. up tea um you know it's yeah. just like kind of the crescendo like the climax towards that um yeah yeah, yeah. the way that she is... looks up after she's typed it as well with this just fucking horror like it's just a it's and that's the moment that really feels very i could just so imagine that being in a De Palma film oh yeah I mean, like, it is it, it almost feels like something like Argento would have done in like the Tenebrae era mm. or something like that. You half expect him to be like revealed behind her or something. Um, yeah. 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 It's, I don't know. It, 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 it's an interesting, because I, I mean, R- Richard Marquand, the di- director, I don't really know much of what he's done. Um, so, it, you know, Return of the Jedi and this, you basically couldn't get two more different films. Yeah, um, I have seen the legacy actually. I don't remember it, but I've definitely seen it because I've got it. It's, it's one of the videotapes that I bought. Um, oh yeah, it's that one with um, Sam Elliott in it. Yeah, I vaguely remember it. I've got to say as well, I, I actually mentioned this on the WhatsApp chat, but the HD version of it on iTunes is a really nice looking print of this film. Yeah. Um, it, it, it did very, very well on, on the old 4k TV upscaled. Um, so yeah, I can recommend that as well. I'm just stunned. You haven't seen this before, Mark. Yeah. I, I but you know, it's always nice when you get something where you go, Ooh, yeah, that's, that's well in my wheelhouse and I haven't seen it. So yeah, I'm, I'm very much, yeah, I'm very glad I've seen it now. It's just like, like, like I said to you guys, I think on WhatsApp as well. I thought this was going to be some sort of military action film involving helicopters or something. I don't know, Jagged <laughs> Edge, it kind of just sounded like that was the name of a group of crack helicopter pilots. <laughs> I don't know. Like, so, like, I, I literally, I rented it, and I was like sat down. It was like, right, okay, I'm going to have a bit of a cheesy 80s action film to settle on in with. And I read the fucking synopsis, and it's like, oh, um, right, this is going to be a different evening, and I mean, it was a good different evening, don't get me wrong, but yeah, I don't know, it's uh, it made me laugh. Um, yeah, it's it, uh, it's well worth a watch, though, fair play. Yeah, it's funny though, because the, ta- the I'm just looking at it on the IMDb page, just one of the taglines for it is when a murder case is this shocking, which do you trust your emotions or the evidence? Now. For me, it's a bit of a spoiler that he was, she was operating. Yeah, and 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 Glenn Close's character was very clearly operating on the evidence. Like uh, it was kind of her emotions were being manipulated without her necessarily realizing it. Like that's the 
I think that's the interesting thing about the film and why it works and why it, it, it tricks you a little bit is because you don't feel like she's being manipulated or like you're being manipulated and it doesn't feel like it's intentionally wrong footing you. It just, it does, it, it does feel genuine and you don't know. I mean, you don't think he's done it or I didn't think he'd done it. You know, it's, yeah. Interesting way of putting it in the tagline. Hmm. Good shit. Okay, Groovy. Um, I think that's three successes then. I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Good week. Um, so all films, uh, as always, readily available uh, on iTunes, and we would recommend each and every one. Um, so that's good. That's good. Um, did you put a call out for questions at all? Or? I didn't. No, I didn't. I, 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 I actually forgot today. Apologies for that. It's not good enough, Mark, but fine. Um, yeah. It'll do. Um, so I guess we'll wrap it up there then. Um, that was another episode of Dude and a Monkey Pay It Forward. Um, next time around, I guess I will be buying for Ian. Ian will be buying for Mark and Mark will be buying for me. Is that yeah. right? Ian's, are we going to, should we, should we divulge what we've bought for people or what we will be buying for people? We can. I have not. Uh, I have not uh, made a decision just yet. I've not started running uh, ideas by you, but by all means, the other two. Um, uh, it, yeah, go on. He's already, already gifted me mine, which is quite nice. <laughs> yeah, go on. What's that? Yeah, so um, it's uh, a film of this year, which I very much liked, and I'd like to get both of your opinions on it, actually. Uh, um, Asian action. The Florida Project. <laughs> uh, yeah i remember you uh i remember you creaming over that one at the time so yeah five out of five probably be in my top 10 best action film of the year nice very much looking forward to that i was i was very happy when that when when, when, when that email appeared it was like you know it's gifted you a movie it's like the shit looks <laughs> like oh bravo good stuff yeah. yeah, and I will be gifting. Uh, I will be gifting Noel the Richard Pryor movie. Uh, movie moving. I'm very pleased about this because, yeah, this is another one of those classic. Like, wait a minute, why the fuck have I not seen this? Um, a, yeah, yeah. I'm very pleased about that. There's, there's, there's a, there's a specific moment in it, and I would like to put a call out to all of our listeners. Please do not spoil one of the cameos for no, because I have a feeling when he's watching it, I'm going to get a message saying, oh, holy fuck, did that just happen? <laughs> have you seen what this, Ian? It? No, but I'm going to try and... I I, I just... I, I'm not going to say anything, but I'm going to try and see who the, who the cameo is. It's, uh, do you know what? I wouldn't, because the moment, the moment is fantastic. <laughs> Not just the, the the cameo, but the the person's cameo and what he says is just it is just perfect. Okay. See, the thing is, it's a Richard Pryor movie, so there's a few names that I've got in my head that it could be, but you know, I, I would not spoil. I'll wait and see. Yeah. Um, but it's a Richard it, it, Pryor movie I've not seen, and that's that's a gift. That so yeah, that'll yeah. do. Yeah. 
Okay, well, uh, we shall wrap it up there then. Um, I'm going to go off and probably treat myself to an episode of The Punisher because, as I was saying before, um, nice and slowly, episode by episode, there's no rush. Um, Probably have a glass of wine as well because I'm not in work tomorrow. Um, By yourself? I am going to go and eat, and I think I'm going to... I'll be watching something, I'm not sure what, probably a film of some description. Yeah, it's still time to watch a film, uh, because I'm also not at work tomorrow, as it stands, which could change at any point Mm. between now and tomorrow morning. (laughs) I'm uh, going to try and finally complete the Apu trilogy, which I feel like (laughs) I've been watching for the last three months, and it's completely my fault. I've got an hour left of the last one, and then I can well, actually finish this fucking thing. It, it, interestingly, uh, how um, how Noel uh, opened the show is actually a discussion that I've actually done for uh, my next Patreon show about Christmas movies um, and the argument behind what is and what isn't. Yeah. <laughs> so it, 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 it's that, in the sense that, yeah... It, it, it's me getting a little bit pissed off with people whinging. <laughs> nice. That's so weird because my original note for opening the show was something like, um, "It's uh, where is it? It's um, a place where dudes are monkeys. Monkeys are dudes, and no one think is a Christmas movie." Like I yeah. genuinely wrote that down. Uh, yeah, and what I'm doing, I'm essentially, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm got a patron show which hopefully uh it, it will go out tomorrow uh basically just discussing that that very thing excellent excellent okay well uh without further ado then um uh thanks everybody for listening thank you very much mark and ian for having me as host again and thank you very uh, much for hosting nice we shall speak again very soon um any superhero movies on the horizon i need to know about i don't think so no, actually. Um, it's February, isn't it? For a bit now, yeah. Yeah, it'll be Deadpool, I think, won't it? I think. Um, no, no, Deadpool's yeah. June. Oh, shit, no, they moved it, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. yeah I just thought automatically, yeah. New Mutants in March, is it? Yeah, when's Black Panther? That's Black why Panther. it is. Oh, February. February yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good show. Be Black Panther then. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll chat before then anyway. So uh, thanks very much, guys. I'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.